Okay, good morning. I'm still uh, trying to get over jet lag. Been traveling all day yesterday, so try to keep my eyes open. It's good to be here. I think he said he said that I was near Heartland, but I actually did come here. It wasn't just near. Uh, I came here about I think it was about 20 years ago. So uh, some of you were you were not around yet. <laughs> Okay, well, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for a new morning. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we have a chance to hear your word and to live another another day. And we pray for your blessing upon the things that we hear this morning and on your word and especially on this whole weekend. We pray for the Holy Spirit. We need your Holy Spirit. Please bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I got an email, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, asking me to squeeze in a 20-minute talk before other things that are happening this weekend. So I thought about it, and I, I, I thought, well, I'll feel guilty if I say no, because uh, I'll be tired, and I've got a lot to do, but I thought, okay, I will do it. Um, I want to talk to you about rabbits, avoiding rabbits. How many of you, uh, anybody have any rabbits? Have any rabbits? Okay, you do. Some of you. Uh, How many of you like rabbits? Okay, how many of you don't like rabbits? (laughs) Okay, a few. Uh, When I was a boy growing up in the Hollywood Hills of Southern California, I was not a Christian back then. Uh, we had, I, I don't remember how many rabbits, but we had a little cage where we had rabbits on the side of our house and came to like them. They were cute and uh, not too difficult to take care of. That was a long time ago, and probably just about three months ago, I was, uh, I was driving through our little town, which is Priest River, Idaho, and I was with my daughter. She's just turned eight and my son and my wife, and we drove by a little store that had a sign that said, free rabbit. So my little girl looked at that and she thought, Daddy, let's go see the rabbit. <laughs> so we, we went inside and there was one rabbit there. It was uh, white, I think they called it a French lop, something like that, a pretty rare rabbit. And uh, he looked pretty cute. And so, and the guy said, he's free, just take him. So, and he had a cage, an extra cage, and he had some extra rabbit food. So we thought, all right, we'll give it a little, give it a try. Uh, We weren't really planning, I wasn't planning, and my wife certainly wasn't planning on us keeping him for a long time. But, so we thought we'd take the rabbit, and my daughter was just so excited about having this rabbit. So we named uh, the rabbit uh, Cottontail. And come to find out, this rabbit was pretty temperamental. And he didn't, he didn't... He didn't like being picked up, and he uh, sometimes he would kind of go like that, uh, and so we kept him for uh, maybe three weeks, and I cleaned the cage, and uh, but he was he was he was fun for a little while. Then I put an ad on Craigslist, and that was it. <laughs> Somebody picked up the rabbit pretty quick, and we we made sure that that. Uh, Whoever took the rabbit, the condition was that you don't eat them. 
that you just, you know, take care of them. So they, they promised they wouldn't eat the rabbit. We didn't want to, <laughs> we didn't want to do that. Uh, I heard a story once a long time ago about a man who was not a Christian, and he had a wife who was an Adventist. And the man who wasn't a Christian wasn't really interested in listening to what his wife had to say. He didn't want to read the Bible. He wasn't, you know, interested in God at all, but he liked to eat rabbits. And you probably know that people do eat them. And so anyway, this man, uh, one time he ate so much rabbit that he got sick. And his wife took advantage of that. And she said, honey, did you know that rabbits are unclean? That the Bible says rabbits are unclean. You shouldn't eat them. So he was uh, interested in that because he had a stomach ache. And so he said, where does the Bible say that? So she opened up her Bible and she showed him a verse where it talked about the rabbit or the hare, that this is not something you should be eating. So then when he, once he figured out that the Bible actually talked about rabbits and said don't eat them and he was sick because he ate too much rabbit, then he said, well, what else does that Bible have to say? So he started reading the Bible and he became a believer. Yeah, interesting. Well, anyway, uh, I'm just using all these little illustrations because I want to go somewhere with the whole rabbit idea. Uh, many people say, you've probably heard this expression that people can chase rabbits. Have you ever heard that? We don't want to go around chasing rabbits. And when they say that, they don't typically mean a literal rabbit, you know, going out and trying to get a hold of one. They mean that uh, people can be diverted from things that they should be doing by chasing rabbits. You heard that expression? I want to show you a text in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, verse 2, tells us that we should be looking somewhere. And this doesn't only apply to 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote this. But I think as we get closer to the coming of Jesus, these words are very relevant to us. Looking, anybody have it? Looking where? Yeah, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of, of God. He's sitting on a throne. He's bigger than we realize. He has done more for us than we realize. He has a bigger plan for us than we realize. He loves us more than we realize. He gave his life for us. He's coming back again soon. And one of these days, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And Jesus will be at the center of the universe's focus. Everybody. Fallen angels, unfallen angels, redeemed, lost, other worlds. At some point, everybody is going to be looking at Jesus. He's going to be the center. And uh, the Lord wants us to spend a lot of time these days looking at him by faith. Obviously, we can't see him. We don't know exactly what he, he looks like. We don't know the color of his eyes. 
but by faith, as we read the Bible and as we know that he's there, the Lord wants us to look to him. Here's a little book, Steps to Christ. You familiar with this book? Steps to Christ is a powerful book. I used to think when I first became an Adventist that this book is just a, it's a nice book to give away to people that aren't Christians. That's about its purpose. That's what I used to think. And I don't think that anymore. I think this book is present truth. It is so powerful. There is so much light in this little book. It's amazing. And on page, uh, in this particular version, page 51, it says, look to Christ. Look to Jesus. Let the mind dwell upon his love. Upon the beauty and the perfection of his character. Christ in his self-denial. Christ in his humiliation. Christ in his purity and holiness. Christ in his matchless love. Sometimes we think love is just for liberals. As conservative Seventh-day Adventists, and I am a conservative Seventh-day Adventist, we uh, sometimes think that those who talk about love, you know, that's just a liberal idea. And we really need to talk more about law, not love. And as we'll talk about during this weekend, uh, I believe that we need to talk about both. And we really need to focus on Jesus' love because ultimately the only way to keep the law is by love. The only motivation to keep the law that really works is, is love. So love is not just for liberals. The, the problem with the liberals is that they misunderstand love. And they use it wrongly. But we shouldn't be afraid of the concept of love itself because in the Bible says God is love. And that he who dwells in love dwells in God. And the only way to keep the law is through love. Paul says in Romans 13.10, love is the fulfilling of the law. So we've got to get the balance. But anyway, uh, it says here, Christ in his matchless love. This is the subject of the soul's contemplation. It is by loving him, copying him, depending wholly upon him, that you are to be transformed into his likeness. And that's talking about you and me. It says you are to be transformed into his likeness. So the way that we're going to become like Jesus is by focusing on Jesus, looking to Jesus, contemplating Jesus, meditating upon him. And I tell, I tell you, if we really do this, if we think more about his love and the beauty and the perfection of his character, things are going to happen in our lives. We're going to see the contrast between what he's like and what we're like, and then we're going to feel a greater need to be like him. And then the more we think about him, the more courage we'll have in our lives, the more uh, strength, and we'll become more like him. <laughs> now, how does, what does this have to do with the rabbits? Back to the rabbits. The devil wants to divert us from focusing on Christ. He has a lot of rabbit trails he wants us to get involved in. And I I've never seen, as I've been an Adventist for 36 years, 
I have never seen more diversions and more winds of doctrine and more rabbit trails that the devil's throwing at, at our people than I'm seeing today. Never seen it like it is today. Now, let me share with you a little more from Steps to Christ. Here's an amazing paragraph, page 51. She says, when the mind dwells upon self, it is turned away from Christ, the source of strength and life. So based on that, what's one huge rabbit trail? <laughs> self, right. Instead of, instead of, as the Bible says, looking to Jesus, we spend more time looking to ourselves. That's a rabbit trail. That's amazing. Uh, if, you re if you think about it, Lucifer became a devil because he started spending more time focusing on himself than he did the Lord. That's how he became a devil. And that's really how we got into all this mess. Um, you know, I hate to tell you this, but you wouldn't even be in school going through Heartland if Lucifer hadn't done that. I mean, I'm sure this is a great school, but I'd rather be somewhere else, wouldn't you? And I'm talking about up there. And it all started because Lucifer, because a rabbit, you might say, uh, got into his heart and instead of focusing on his maker, he started focusing on himself. Number one rabbit trail. And then it says here, when the mind dwells upon self, it is turned away from Christ, the source of strength and life. Hence, it is Satan's constant effort to keep the attention diverted from the Savior. And thus to prevent the union and the communion of the soul with Christ. Isn't that powerful? Uh, Satan has all kinds of things he's trying to do, but his, his constant effort, his biggest effort, is to direct our minds away from Jesus. Because if he can accomplish that, then we don't have the strength and we don't have the life to live the Christian life successfully. Now, here's a number of rabbits that she mentions here. One of them, the next one, she says, is the pleasures of the world. The pleasures of the world. Uh, I used to live, I used, well, I grew up in the Hollywood Hills. I didn't grow up in Adventist. Grew up in a Jewish home, very secular. And by the time I was uh, 14, I was smoking marijuana, 15, 16, 17, started getting into cocaine and other things, LSD, my life was a mess. It's a miracle that I'm here. It's a miracle that I made it to 56. I'm almost 57. I'm pushing 60. Wow. <laughs> but I'm still alive. Thank God for that. But the pleasures, the pleasures of the world got a hold of me for a long time. And they almost killed me. You know, and they, they, they said they look so pleasurable. They look so good, so nice. But they'll kill you. The pleasures of the world will kill you. And this is a rabbit trail. 
the pleasures of the world. The next one here is life's cares and perplexities and sorrows. Problems. Anybody have problems? Or am I the only one who struggles with problems? I have a good friend of mine who's, uh, we hope he doesn't die, but he's uh, struggling with, uh, with cancer. Known him for a long time and hope, hope we don't know what's going to happen if the Lord chooses to heal him or not. He's fighting for his life. <coughs> problems. There's a lot of problems in this world, and they're going to increase and intensify. But even the problems, even the worst problems we have, we still need to focus on Jesus because he's the only one that can get us through our problems. So Satan is trying to get us away from focusing on Christ. And rabbit trails are life's cares and perplexities and sorrows. The next one is, now you ready for this one? Here's a big one. Next rabbit trail is the faults of others. There are some ministries that make it their focus, the faults of others. And that's a rabbit trail. Now, there are times when sin needs to be pointed out. I, I, I know that. But our focus should not be on the faults of others. And apart from even ministries, you know, just sometimes we have, uh, you know, friends, people that we know, that we just tend to focus on the things that they're doing wrong, their faults. Uh, Steps to Christ says that is a diversion of the devil to get us to focus on what's wrong with other people. The faults of others. Now here's one more. Or, here's the last one. Any, any guesses on what the last one is? Yeah, your faults. <laughs> That's right. Or your own faults and imperfections. We all have faults and imperfections, don't we? And, of course, we do need to search our hearts and let the Holy Spirit show us what we need to change. But we don't want to spend too much time focusing on our own faults and imperfections because if we do, we're going to be diverted. And that's what she says here. She says, to any or all of these Satan will seek to divert the mind. And then she says, do not be misled by his devices. You know, we often think of Satan's devices as some major false doctrine, which many times that's true. Satan does have big false doctrines. Satan has all kinds of devices. But one of his devices is to focus on our own faults. That's a device. Or focus on your friend's faults. That's a device. Or focus on your problems. Focus on your cares. Focus on your, your uh, perplexities. Focusing on the pleasures of the world. These are all rabbit trails. Do not be misled by his devices. Many who are really conscientious and who desire to live for God, Satan too often leads them to dwell upon their own faults and weaknesses. And thus, by separating them from Christ, he hopes to gain the victory. 
We should not make self the center and indulge anxiety and fear as to whether we shall be saved. All of this turns the soul away from the source of our strength. Commit the keeping of your soul to God. Trust in Him. Talk and think of Jesus. Let self be lost in Him. If you will leave yourself in His hands, He will bring you off more than a conqueror through Him who loved you. Him who has loved you. When we really understand how much Jesus loves us and what he did for us, he made us, he loves us, he died for us, he's coming back for us, he wants to live with us forever. Once we really understand how big he is, how awesome he is, how incredible he is, that this world is here because of him. You are alive because of him. You are breathing because of him. Jesus is everything to you. And the more you realize that and start thinking about him and focusing on him and get, get off the rabbit trails, your life will change. And it will be, uh, it'll become more and more what God wants us to be. Looking to Jesus, the Bible says. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. All right, and one more quote here I've got from, and let's see, maybe you can, yeah, uh, Testimonies to Ministers, page 92. Testimonies to Ministers, there's a chapter about the message that came to the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the year 1888, preached by two young men, uh, A.T. Jones and E.J. Wagner. Have you heard of that? You're probably aware of that. And it's interesting, when you read those, that chapter and the few paragraphs, what Ellen White said about the message of Jones and Wagner, and I'll just read a couple sentences. The Lord in his great mercy sent a most precious message to his people through elders Wagner and Jones. This message was to bring more prominently before the world the uplifted Savior, the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for Donald Trump. Jesus died for Hillary Clinton. Jesus died for Ben Carson. Jesus died for Republicans, Democrats. Do you believe that Jesus died for Pope Francis? Believe he did? You believe Jesus loves him? And some people question that. I've said that before, and they say, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> Don't say that Jesus loves the Pope. He's the Pope. Well, I do believe Jesus loves the Pope. And I've actually prayed for him. Uh, Jesus loves liberals. He loves conservatives. He loves Catholics, Baptists. People who are involved in Wicca. Atheists, agnostics. If your skin is black or white or brown, Jesus loves us all. This message was to bring more prominently before the world the uplifted Savior, the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. And then it goes on and talks about other things, which we'll talk about more this weekend. And then it says here, listen to this. Many had lost sight of Jesus. They needed to have their eyes directed to his divine person, to his merits. In other words, his worthiness. He's worthy. We're not worthy. He's worthy. 
his merits and his changeless love for the human family. This is part of the 1888 message, is focusing on Jesus. People had lost sight of Christ. The rabbits were here and there and everywhere, and they were looking at all these rabbits, and they weren't looking at Jesus. And that's where we need to be looking. Um, at the end of this paragraph, she talks about, this is the message that God has commanded to be given to the world. It is the third angel's message, which is to be proclaimed with a loud voice and attended with the outpouring of his spirit in a large measure. I'm convinced that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is what we need this weekend, we all need it, that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the power of God and getting us ready for the coming of Christ is absolutely and totally connected to focusing on Jesus Christ and on his power and on his love and on his sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. So this is not a side message. This is present truth. And may the Lord help us to watch out for rabbits in these last days, not to be diverted by all the many diversions and devices of the devil to keep our minds from focusing upon our Savior. Because Jesus is the one that's coming back. Jesus is the one that gave his life for us. Jesus is the one that made us. Jesus has an eternal plan for you. And one of these days, the whole universe is going to be looking at him and realizing that he is the life and he's the center of everything. And God wants us to get, to, to get that straight now. So let's kneel together and let's pray. <coughs> dear Father in heaven, dear God, please open our eyes to the goodness and the power and the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to focus on you. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for being diverted by the devil. Please help us, Lord, during this weekend, the special uh, winter convocation at Heartland. We pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us and that we will be given a deeper sense of your love and your power and your goodness and your plan for us. Bless these students, bless the staff. Give us a good day today, we pray, as we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast with Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel message with the world. You too can be a part of our gospel outreach team by supporting broadcasts just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com or you can call us at 1-800-78-BIBLE. 
That's 1-800-782-4253. You can follow us on Twitter at Whitehorse7 or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Wolberg. That's Steve, W-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho, 83856. Thanks for your support, and may God richly bless your day.